This episode is brought to you by LiveUp.com, where taking live online classes has never been easier. Live is a community-based platform that gives people the opportunity to learn new skills and abilities through the form of live online classes, pre-recorded videos, and one-on-one lessons. We aim to give everyone a platform to easily teach and learn various skills and subjects. If there's a new skill you've been wanting to pick up, or if you'd like to monetize a skill you have, be sure to check it out at liveup.com, spelled L-Y-V-E-U-P.com. Our next partner has a product I use every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted a simple all-in-one solution as opposed to the ever-changing variety of supplements I have been taking for as long as I can remember. Sometimes up to three ramekins a day full of pills and powders trying to find the right formula for peak performance. Now that I've been taking Athletic Greens for a few months, I love it and I will never go back. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I take one scoop in the morning on an empty stomach and an additional one in the evening when I'm feeling run down. I've seen such a difference in my own performance that I recently ordered additional AG1 for the rest of my family to use. It costs you less than $3 a day, you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit, and supports better sleep quality and recovery, in addition to mental clarity and alertness. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com contacts. Again, this is athleticgreens.com contacts to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome to the Contacts Coaching Podcast, dedicated to bringing you practical ideas from coaches, sharing what they have learned throughout their career. The show is designed to serve as a digital database of mentorship from a wide network of coaches whose innovative, reflective, and diverse knowledge may offer ideas to enhance your experience. In addition to sport-specific expertise, each episode also dives into the ways in which culture, strategy, and tactics can cross from one discipline to another. I'm your host, Justin Clemo. Welcome back to the Contacts Coaching Podcast. We are joined today by my colleague and Stevenson boys lacrosse coach, Cooper Kehoe. He's also an assistant athletic director and alum of the school. Coach, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Well, it's taken a while to get you pinned down, but we're finally here. Finished through the season and a successful one you had at that, advancing into the CCS playoffs for the second year in a row. If you don't mind, can you take us through your background as a coach? How'd you get into this business? How did you first get your foot in the door? What evolutions have happened along that journey? And uh, how did you end up being the head coach here? 
good question. My journey is uh, maybe similar to some, but also I find it very unique as I wasn't seeking it out. I'm an alum of, of the school as you are yourself. And I think that connection and the relationships I built here while being at school ultimately got me into what I'm doing now. But I got into it because I needed to finish out my college credits. I had a capstone, 13 credits that needed to be fulfilled by an internship. And I reached back out to, actually, I was at an alumni game. I came back for an alumni game and the current AD at the time, Jeff Young, mentor of mine, he started talking about school and me finishing up and, and what I needed to do to finish. And I told him about this internship requirement. He said, hey, what can we do? Maybe we can do something here. Maybe we can get you back on campus. And I hadn't even thought of it at the time. It wasn't even a question of going back, teaching, being in high school, going back to the place that really felt like I just left. But quickly I thought, hey, that could be a great space to land and, and see what that blossoms into. But uh, yeah, I, I then got on the phone and talked to the head of school at the time, Michelle Grogan, and they created a position for me. It had nothing to do with coaching. It had to do with teaching and being around students, but ultimately coaching was a byproduct of it. And I ended up just slotting into places that needed to be filled. Football, the sport that I played, uh, basketball, and then lacrosse. So I came back and I was just just working in the dean's office and coaching three sports, two of which that I hadn't played in quite some time. And over the years, it, it stayed true. You know, I was an assistant coach at football and I was a head coach for just the freshman basketball team. And then I was an assistant coach for uh, the varsity lacrosse team. And I had a role that was delegated by those that were in the head coaching position. And yeah, just try to absorb and learn as, as a, the the year went on. And after a couple of years, I led the head coaching role in all three of those sports at three different levels, at JV, at freshman, and at varsity, which was pretty cool just to have the full spectrum. I find that to be pretty unique across the board. I don't think many coaches do coach at every level. Either they want to coach the young, so they want to, you know, be an assistant role or they want to be at a varsity level, whether that is a head coach or an assistant, but I got the full spectrum and I'm grateful for that. And I think that's actually really helped me as a coach, to be honest. I want to touch on what you just said, that you are now a head coach of three different sports at three different levels, but you've also worn the hat of an assistant coach where you were taking direction and trying to execute that based on whatever the plan was for the day. And I want to come back to that because I want to know the crossover that you continue to learn each season through those endeavors. But if we go back to your re-entry here, fresh out of college, what did you realize as more of an advice-giving role to others who may be getting into this space at that same age, fresh out of college, back around high school kids coaching? But what are the things that you realized right away that oh man, I got to be aware of this. This is super important. This isn't as important as I thought it was. And coaching, not necessarily the cross, but just coaching adolescents in general. Yeah, I would say the biggest one, and I've heard it on a few of the recent pods, but for me, I was really young. So I came in fresh out of college, like I was still in college. And that boundary that you set, it's a fine line that you walk as you're viewed nearly as one of, one of them because you're not that far removed, but yet you're in this position of authority and one that you, you can't cross back and forth. You have to stay, you're, you've now gone to the other side. And I struggled with that early on. I, I, I was viewed as 
one of the guys almost on the team, especially at the varsity level. Those kids were getting ready to go to to college, some of them. And it was almost, I was closer to them than I was to my coaches in age. And I had to separate from that. And it, it took some time. I didn't set the groundwork early I, and I didn't know how to. I was called by my first name. I was found myself in conversation with them more so than I was with the coaching staff. And to nobody's fault, it was just me navigating that space. And I, I think what I, the advice I would give is understand that going in, use that because it's a special time as well, because you can build such a strong connection, but you still have to establish that for lack of a better word, authoritative, but more uh, a position of that's yeah, a position of authority. And it's, it is, you aren't, there's no friendship, right? It's not, you can't be friends and coach them too. As much as you want to be like, there is a separation and there needs to be a separation for you to get them to the next level for you to have legitimate conversations that are going to stick. And yes, that was definitely a struggle at, at first for me. And I think I've, it took me a few years um, to establish that groundwork, but I, I've definitely got there now. And then secondly too, I mean, I went into saying I'm coaching, like I'm going to coach exactly how I've been coached and this is what I know and this is what I know to be true and I'm I'm just going to go head first into that and hey I had to step back and reflect a little bit after a few years that each team is different and each sport is going to be different and you 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 have to come into it in a year by year basis right you're graduating some you're getting these new kids at the freshman basketball level that who knows never played the sport you can't have these expectations and you just have to view what's right in front of you and how do you craft that to be the best possible team it can be in that given season in that given year and that's from a culture standpoint but also an x's and o's you're gonna have to make shifts and i didn't have that lens early on i was very much hard, fast. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. This is, this works, but it might not work with that group. And, and you really have to, like I said, step back and, and see the team for what it is in that given year. So let's use that as a segue to my follow-up, which is how have your different hats informed your current coaching your past coaching, as you said, it evolves every year. What are the things you're learning during football season, during basketball season that show up in lacrosse season where you're the head coach uh, of the whole program? How are you cross-pollinating your different sports? What have you found that works really well? What have you found that doesn't translate? Talk a little bit about that, because in the same way we talk about multi-sport athletes, how does multi-sport coaching inform and help you grow in your approach? I think you're developing the whole athlete and you can't view it as when you coach multiple sports. I, I don't. The beauty of it is that I there isn't um, tunnel vision for my specific sport, whereas I'm not just focused at growing them as a lacrosse player and, and all these lacrosse skills, it's what's transferable across all sports in terms of movement, leadership, culture, and just friendship. I know I say that as just being a good teammate and 
I get to, I don't have to focus on one sport. Of course, I dive fully into the season that I'm in and that's what the sport's about. But really, I get to take the fall and the football of these athletes and these students that are coming into a brand new space, trying to figure out who they are as an athlete, who they are as a student. And they, it's a very introductory time for them. And I'm trying to guide them to be the best possible athlete they can be. And I want them to have an open mind in terms of all the sports that I'd want them to play for them to be, if they gravitate to only really want to focus on football, well, it's, hey, get out in hoops. And this is what's going to help you in football. This is what's going to help you if you play lacrosse, this will help you in football too. So like really opening their eyes and understanding that it's not the sports specificity of it, 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 it is, I try to take that away from them and develop them as an athlete, just an overall athlete that can contribute in all different facets on the team that they choose to play and just building a love of athletics. I think that's what's unique for me is not unique, but that was me in high school. I was the one that as didn't say I, I didn't have aspirations of playing at the next level until late in my high school career. But I loved playing. I loved playing in every season and I loved competing. I think that it was just the competition. So how do you foster that in, how do I, I always look at how do I just foster that in those that I'm coaching? So that's their joy. And if that, if that turns into this, I want to play at the next level mentality, then let's have that conversation and let's figure out what's the best way for you to get there. But gosh, I I find the most joy when you know, a freshman football, excuse me, a JV football player comes in the fall and we talk through all the sports that he he could play and he ends up doing that. And then he ends up sticking with that for his four years. And he never had that vision at all. And when I see that at the end of the culmination of of, at graduation, whatever it is like that's, and I embrace him, that's meant the most to me that I was able to foster that and that love of competition and sport and, and someone that really didn't have that coming in. Let me follow up on that. There is a very prevalent presence in modern day athletics of sports specialization. And as the lacrosse coach, where that's your primary program that you are charged with running, what is to prevent you or what is keeping you from just trying to get these guys to play lacrosse year round so that you can have the best team come spring. Yeah. Selfishly, I want to stick in their hand for the entirety of the year in some capacity, but I want that to come after in the after hours where they're putting in a little extra work after playing a team sport, they will not be their best for me. If they don't know how to be a good teammate. What does that mean? That means, Hey, do you start in lacrosse? Sure, maybe. If you play basketball and you might be the sixth man, seventh man, where you're still getting minutes, but it doesn't look the same as lacrosse, you have a better, better understanding of what that bench culture needs to be like. How do you uplift those that uh, are on the court when you're off and, and see the same when you're on the court, the energy that's created uh, on both ends? I, I think... It's tough because we're still, we're stuck in the space that you just said before, that sports specialization where it's not going anywhere. If anything, it's getting worse. I finding showing visuals for these guys that it's like, look at this in a basketball sense, in this movement of your feet, 
right? The objective that he's having in this exact moment on, in one-on-one defense. And look how it exactly, it, it relates, it correlates exactly to what it would be in the lacrosse scenario. We're trying to attack the all-state line with the line we call from goal to goal in lacrosse. That's an area that we're trying to get to. Well, look at the hoops. They're trying to puncture the paint right here too. Look at this three-step movement. It's it's all transferable. And, and that's the lack of understanding that's out there. It feels that as if you need to focus on your specific sport where, well, you just can't let your stick get cobwebs. You just got to have it in your hand. You got to hit the wall occasionally. You, you got to get out there and get some shots. But at the end of the day, if you're playing basketball in the winter, your conditioning, right, your footwork, your understanding of what it means to be on a team, as we talk about all the time in here, be a part of something bigger than yourself. All of those things outweigh you going and playing club lacrosse where really you're probably not even leaning into the areas that you need to get better at as a lacrosse player. You're just out there playing and sure, having fun. I'll give it to you if that's your number one sport. Yeah, it's fun to play your number one sport. However, you're not really working on what you need to work on anyway. So the fact is, you're leaning into that other area, and I keep referencing basketball, but same thing for football, right? There's a physicality piece. There's a more cerebral understanding of a play-by-play coming together and figure out what's the next objective. So there's so many layers of it that add much, much more value than rolling out the balls, going playing against some other club team. You don't even know the guys. And it's, that's where I sit on it. And and my true feelings, those are my true colors right there. But but that's what I want. We've talked about it before is, hey, if you look at the guys that have matriculated to collegiate lacrosse over the last however many years you've been in charge, yeah, how many of them are single sport versus multi-sport athletes, right? And I would guess that's, and that's our, I just coached last weekend or this past week, Amir Mani for this NorCal East West game. And I can say for our guy, I got to know some new players in the greater Bay area. The two, the three players that we brought up, one on the girl side, two on the boy side, they're all three sport athletes. They're all three sport athletes. And, and this is the best lacrosse players in Northern California coming together. And I can tell you that's from our school. And then ironically enough, it's I'm looking at the other kids there and trying to figure out, asking them what they're doing. It's like the first conversation I have is with a kid who had a full ride, had a full ride, excuse me, correct. I don't know if he had a full ride, but he was committed to going to Colgate for lacrosse, fully committed. Then he decommitted to go play football at Colorado State. So it's like that in itself, right, is a prime example of these are kids that are all playing at the next level and, and none of them. We're just single sport. Yeah. Let me ask this follow-up. And I think it's intertwined with what you just talked about. But from a culture standpoint, you talked about building your team and culture and getting guys to understand roles. What would you say is the best thing you do programmatically that you feel has the largest ripple effect in creating the culture that you want and maintaining the existing culture? Yeah, I think building a sense of togetherness and a place that when the season ends, whether that is after the regular season's done and there's no postseason for us, there's been many years that way to now going into the playoffs and seeing how deep you can go. When the season ends, wherever that time is, that team doesn't want to leave that space. 
and meaning, you know, that it was so much fun for them. They had so much fun. They enjoyed their time so much being together, competing, going through the ups and downs. Um, but at the end of the day, they just enjoyed being in the same space for 90 minutes every day and, and don't want to leave that. Right. And that's hard to get to. That's not, it, it's really hard. And I would, there's plenty of years that I've ended seasons and it didn't really feel that way. So let me interrupt and ask very specifically, how do you get to that place? Thing? Yeah, that's yeah, one thing yeah. to talk so, about it. No, totally. And that's but how I, do you I, get I to just, that place? Yeah, just making the kind of setting the groundwork for that. My biggest thing, I would say we do a spring break trip every year. And that's something that I've done through as an athlete, but now so I've tried to evolve that. And not everyone can take a spring break trip that goes across the country that you get on a plane, this, that, or the other, but doing something where you can leave the space that you go to work in every single day to challenge each other and step outside that bubble, that comfort zone, and come together in a new space to, yes, play the sport of lacrosse for us. That's a big thing that we're playing teams that are going to make us better, but really just being together and making it the best possible experience for those kids to see something new and see something new as a group. And then along the way, navigate the hiccups, I guess hiccup, navigate the challenges, playing teams that are better than you and going into it, knowing that you're going to get your butt whooped. At the end of the day, we get to go back to the space that we know well, and we're going to be better off because of it. And the lacrosse is just a small piece of that, right? It is the hours you get to spend on a bus, the hours you, or, or on a plane or in a hotel room, or just in practice before you're playing these games on the road that those are what they remember. That, that's all the stuff that we've always talked about. That's The games are just a piece. And it's the time spent together in the setting you can set for them to, to just love that togetherness that I go back to. And it's we walk away and it's the friends that you have from the sports teams that you've played on that you're always, that you get to go back in time and talk about some of the games. So talk, some of those, talk about some of those experiences, but really you're fostering friendships uh, and connections and it, the, the sports is, is just that vehicle there. The cross trip, just a vehicle, right? The spring break trip, it's just us to go, you know, have an excuse to go play some lacrosse and get better, but really step back, organize the whole thing, do all this. But, you know, how do these 25, 50 athletes have the best possible time they can so that they remember it forever? And that really bonds that group and it's just something that I think it really that is the one thing that every kid talks about and once they graduate and yeah it's really meaningful to our program and, and the group for sure yeah, and I think you can also say that to your point not everybody can do that but there are things you can do to create a retreat type atmosphere where you are getting out of the space you currently occupy to do something that is very targeted in a different space where potentially maybe some of the charge that is with the day-to-day -day goes away. I ask this all the time and I get a variety of answers, but since you're uniquely coaching three seasons still, and as an assistant AD, you're out watching other practices at time and games, can you name or describe a couple of specific things that you have taken from one discipline and directly applied to another 
that you probably wouldn't have thought about had you weren't coaching another sport or watching another sport. Meaning I saw this happen or this is what happens over in this space and we're doing that. And here's the impact that it had. And it, it can be positive or negative. Point being is you're out watching, you're out entrenched in these other disciplines like we would want our athletes to be. So as a coach, how are you navigating that space to grow as well? I think the big piece that I see that I try to, you know, at least take with me all the way to the spring would be watching, seeing in like football and in basketball where the lower level is somehow immersed in, in the, the upper level being the varsity um, and the JV or the freshman and the JV crossing paths. And there's not this clear separation between levels and you're building programmatically, there's not a divide. And it's an area that I would like to continue to get better at because I think we get caught as coaches in, in, in a place of there's a clear separation of skill, right? There's no reason that these kids should be practicing with these kids. And, and how do we get better at understanding what are the vitamins, as we say, the word we say a lot, what are the vitamins, but what is the foundation that everyone needs daily to build on? And how can we do that together? How can we do that as an entire program and then break off when you need to break off in basketball? We are tasked at times to practice with the JVs. I believe our freshmen get better competing against those JV players. The fact that we get to compete against them in drills, they're getting better than just competing against themselves. And same thing in, in football. It's, we're currently trying to figure out what's the best way for us to practice together. What does that look like? And how do we craft that to make it the norm? We've had segments where our defense on the JV level goes against the varsity offense and gives them a scout, gives them a look. And every time that's when our JV guys, they buckle up their chin straps a little bit more. They get ready for it. And they're like, they need that for them to be pushed to be a better player in a safe space or a safe environment. As long as the coaches are doing that, like there can be all this crossover and there needs to be right. And that's how you keep kids in your program. And that's how you push them to become a better player and better athlete. I think, you know, Maybe I deviated a little bit from your initial question, but I really think finding that way to overlap your levels and, and not have that separation piece and build a program rather than just a level. Yeah, I think that's super important, right? Having vertical integration and not necessarily at this point, my career forcing the lower levels to do exactly the same X's and O's things, but conceptually here are the values of the program, here are the things that we're going to hold people accountable to, here are the skills we're going to teach, and then by all means, tweak a little bit here and there. But to your point, how, as the program lead, are you showing up and building relationships with the sub-varsity levels? How are you making them feel part of a greater whole? And the more you have that set up, the more your culture naturally automatically graduates to the, the younger kids. I am going to push back though. And I want to know specifically, what's the last thing you took from a non-lacrosse sport and used in lacrosse? Good question. Nice. Good pushback. Or reverse it in, into basketball or into football. Yeah, 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 yeah. Non-lacrosse thing. I would say... <laughs> 
Well, it was more the concept. And I think it can be, it was, I think it's in lacrosse, but I, I didn't have, I didn't open up my lens to, to accept it, but it was just this past winter in, in basketball, ironically enough, enough, it was talking about your know, race in space and how to really get the ball up the field, or excuse me, up the court. And the conceptually, we got to start doing that in lacrosse more. We slow it down almost to a fault where we have these opportunities that we're missing. These are the misses where we could gain offense from this type of thinking. And it was essentially shot save in lacrosse. Okay. We want to get the ball out as quick as we possibly can. What are, what's the movement of the players? And we changed in that clear, what we call a clear, where guys are going and what the objective of the goalie is. What is the progression? Who are you trying to hit first? Who do you go to second and, and so forth? And we had a guy racing, right? And it was a guy that typically wouldn't play offense. And we pushed him in transition straight up the field. And we were trying to get the ball on his stick. And I would say late in the season, it started working too. We really, the guys settled into what we were doing. And it was this race, we loose but amped, kind of this... Uh, really this push that we we're trying to create that benefited us and we got some transition out of it and it really wasn't something that we were trying to do that I haven't tried to do ever really as a coach but it was more a shift so yeah perfect and that is a shift that you added this year how would you say your coaching has actually more than that how has your approach to coaching changed over the now 11 years you've been doing this. If you look back at... Sorry, my approach, yeah, I would say the acronym, well, ROC, so Responsibility of Command, is I have, what does that mean to me? And what is that? As a head coach, there's so many other things that you need to do. And logistically, just to get things going that happen in the fall and in the winter. And command... Yeah, you have this responsibility once you get on the practice field at 3.30 for 90 minutes. Okay, how are you going to orchestrate the group that's in front of you and what's the practice plan going to look like? But I've taken a step back and tried to delegate more. Okay, my, I'm going to delegate my responsibilities to, to delegate my assistant coaches um, to be as successful as they possibly can be in the given practice plan that we're going to do. It is my responsibility to communicate daily with that group of coaches so we're all on the same page of what we're going to do in that given day or what we're going to do in that given game it's my responsibility to have to get stats up to to upload film to to yeah get a roster early and get jerseys and all of these things that we forget about as coaches you go into it and that goes back to as a new coach if you're going to be a new head coach like yeah, as much as you think you're looking forward to the fact that you get to go out and coach a sport that you love and be a head coach, and this isn't a knock, but you got to step back and also understand that there's a greater responsibility for you to make the team as successful as they possible can possibly can be. Sure, there's X's and O's, but there's this back there's this backlight light, and there's this this space that needs to be executed, and you might have to take that on and delegate to others to take off your plate so that program can be the best it can be. And I'm not saying that you can't coach, like you're good. You, you need to go out there and coach, but how do you, 
how do you take care of the other things so they don't become problems during the season? So it doesn't take away from that time on game day for you to go out there and be fully invested in what's right in front of you. And you're not worried. You don't get backlash or you're not, oh, I didn't do this, didn't do that. You can have full focused attention at the task at hand because you took care of the other stuff. Yeah. And ironically enough, joking with my buddy the other day, we were trying to actually put a percentage on how much coaching actually exists in the role of the head coach. And I was like, ah, yeah, it's about 15%. The rest of the stuff has nothing to do with being on the field or on the court, which is always a little eye-opening as you get deeper into this role. Let's finish with this. And given the fact that you are a new parent, you are looking to be a new parent a second time shortly, it may relate to this, it may not. But this question that I always like to ask is, what have you most recently changed your mind on? And it doesn't have to be coaching. It can be anything. But the idea being, yeah, I used to be over here and now I'm over here and here's why. And it was a very definitive shift of what you once believed to be true or you subscribe to and now you're somewhere else. And here's the reason why. Yeah, to be yeah, totally honest. I think it's been recent too, probably the past two years, three years, um, maybe three max that I've been pretty anti playing either during season. Yeah. Like during the season, playing other sports, doing other things that could potentially take away from your ability to play the sport that you're in, meaning you're not putting time and energy into it. You're putting time and energy into something else. You get injured. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is if one of my players was to go to a football camp or go play pickup basketball on the weekends, I can tell you I was anti. Like if I found out it would grind my gears and I would, I'd have to have a conversation to say, we, you can't be doing that. I need you all in here in this space and taking a step back too. And why is that? Why do I feel that way? And I, I don't know, there's a sense of almost betrayal. Like you're doing something else that isn't what the focus should be right now. And I want, I need you to pour in a hundred percent here when really it's like they are, when they're there knowing the kid, they are, they're pouring everything in. And this is another space that brings them joy that they are trying to go to the next level at that helps them connect with the greater community that builds these transferable skills that we've been talking about. And yeah, I've just come to, I've, yeah, I've come to a place where it's, as long as there's the communication and that we're talking through it in advance and I'm not caught off guard. Yeah. I'm in full support. Like I want you to be happy, right? I want you to be your best self and most happy coming into the space that we're going to grind it. And if that means you are going to go to a Mrs. Saturday morning practice because you have this prospect camp or you got to go somewhere else, then, then so be it. Like, yeah, go do that. I'm all in. And it, that now goes with the mindset that I carry and fostering, as I started off this whole conversation, fostering this three-sport athlete, these multi-sport athlete, those go hand in hand now. Before it was, they conflicted, they butted heads in terms of how I felt and then what I was preaching. Yeah, I'd say that's the biggest shift. And, and it's been nice actually to get to that that space mentally. Yeah, I think we all go through some part, part of that. And I think I mentioned it to you this year when the all-star football game landed in the middle of basketball season. And it was like, yeah, 
these guys want to play. Let's figure out how to let them play to where we ended up moving a game from the night that the all-star game was. And my takeaway on that, as you mentioned, was, look, these kids only get to be in high school once. And it's not about our agenda. It's about their experience. 100%. So how, how do we embrace them going into the gym at night playing pickup during lacrosse season or football season and also educate them on, hey, you got a game tomorrow? Just make sure you're not getting hurt. Yeah. And you have to, the educational piece has to be there, right? You can't just sit back and, and, uh, and allow it. Like you're going to have to have that conversation and, and talk through it with them, but it's not about us. As Hunter, it's not about us. Uh, it is about them, their experience. And we just got to get to that place. Yeah. Good. Love it. Let me uh, change my mind and ask one more question here. This one could be a little 30 second soundbite, but if you were starting over, what piece of advice would you give yourself from 11 years of experience? Yeah, I would give myself a lot. I would say right now, I would say coach multiple. Uh, I haven't done it, but I'd say coach multiple genders. I would say coach a girl's team, uh, coach a boy's team. And then I would I even say coach littles, super young to high level if you can and it doesn't have to be a head coach at either one of those it just has to be coaching it in some degree and to that I'm still working I would love to I tell myself that I'm trying to find opportunities to do but that's what I would tell myself do that early for you to be the best possible coach you can be and well let's let's just identify the why there so from my lens you mentioned the gender piece and having done that right there there's a certain aspect of how you coach different groups of people be it genders or not you mentioned age groups as well and how do you find the through line that serves all of those age groups so that you can then have that as your foundation and then you're making adjustments based on what you learn about each group so every year we coach the middle school girls basketball team and the varsity boys basketball team and that's something that I never want to give up because I learned so much about beginner's mind by being with that young group, regardless of gender. But that's the why in that comment. Would you have anything else to add on that as we close? Yeah, you hit it right on the head there. I say the why as well is for you also to be able to change, not change who you are as a coach, but the at middle school girls, for your example, at middle school girls basketball you find the joy again too. the grind you go through the grind of the sport that you're in and as a coach if you seek out the negatives at times how are we doing bad here what are we doing here this that and the other where you know by coaching different age groups too gender as well they're out there just having fun and, it, and it's not as much the focus winning and losing as across the board but i would say you as a coach then get to step back from it and, and enjoy the moment for what it is and seeing where it all starts maybe that kid who played for the first time in middle school is not going to play again next year because of that overall experience but there's less worry and that's the mentality you got to take into it but i think that's a huge piece as well um for your own health as a coach to put yourself in those positions as well yeah, no, absolutely. Appreciate you sharing that. All right. Well, hey, it's time to get back on the grind. Thanks for taking the time out of the day. Been a long time coming. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This podcast was also brought to you by teachhoops.com. As coaches, our inboxes will get flooded with noise on how to make your program better. Teachhoops.com will get you focused on what needs to get done. 
One thing you've heard from these podcasts is no matter the experience, you got to keep pushing yourself to be better. Coach Steve Collins will help you direct that noise. He is there to help you. He has the credentials as a coach, and he's never turned down an Teach Hoops member. Sign up for a plan at teachhoops.com and mention us at checkout. This site is here simply to help you be better. Take advantage and see you on the court. Remember, go to teachhoops.com. Drink Element is a healthy alternative to sugary electrolyte drinks. Each grab-and-go stick pack replaces essential electrolytes with no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, or any other junk. Element is thrilled to be releasing a new limited-time flavor this November, Element Milk Chocolate. I drink Element every day to support my workouts and being on the court and in the classroom. As a member of our community, Element has a special offer for you. Claim your free Element sample pack. You only cover the cost of shipping. Get yours today at drinkelement, that's L-M-N-T, dot com slash contents.